Welcome to Let's Talk with Andy and Kath Taylor, a podcast from LO Ministries. And today we are going to be talking about the fear of getting it wrong. Because we all get it wrong. We, we all make mistakes. We all sin. We all mess up. We fail. It has consequences often. It does. Yeah. Not just for us, for other people. And it's how that can get a grip in our hearts. That fear can get in the, a grip in our hearts and it can lead us to become controlling we try to control life around us and keep keep everything perfect but also how it holds us back yeah so. yeah in a big way actually mm. and really i guess we're talking about the fear of failing aren't we ultimately but that word is quite difficult to grab hold of sometimes isn't it because well i know for me i remember many years ago when i first joined the team here at ll grange and um, there was a team conference and the leaders at the time uh, just walked around the team praying for everybody and, and a man called Otto Bixler, who was on leadership at the time, came up and started praying for me about the fear of failure. Obviously, he felt like God had spoken to him about the fear of failure. But to me, failure just meant exams or Your driving. driving lessons. <laughs> yeah, my driving test. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, and so I, I thought, well, I don't really care about that. That's not a big deal for me. And so I smiled politely to Otto. And uh, thanked him for praying for me, I'm sure. But inside I thought, oh, Otto, you know, that's not relevant. You failed. <laughs> yeah, you failed in your prayer because I'm not really afraid of failing. Anyway, turns out, of course, he was right. He had heard from the Lord. And it's just that I hadn't really understood what this word really meant. And it did boil down more to that sort of fear of uh, of getting it wrong and the disapproval that comes with all of that. And So I guess it's the consequences afterwards, isn't it? It isn't yeah. so much just getting something wrong. No, but it's, it's what happens after you get it wrong. It's exactly. Right, yeah. That's the deeper fear, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny yeah. how there are levels of fear, aren't there? There's there's the sort of surface level fear, even fear of flying, I'm afraid of. Well, you're not really. You're afraid of... Crashing. Cra yeah, not mm -hmm. flying when you should be. So when it comes to fear of getting it wrong... Yeah, afraid of what, what happens after that. Like, yeah. is there... Is there punishment for, you know, for a lot of people, it's fear of that. There's... Right. there's or, Fear of criticism or condemnation and ridicule. Yeah, ridicule. Yeah, being made fun of. Or, or fear of the consequences. You know, if you do something wrong, sometimes often there are consequences. I mean, that that's yeah. the whole thing of sin, isn't it? There's consequences. Yeah. That's so right. in some ways, it's a funny thing because there is a rightful fear of failure. Like we've got to, we should have a rightful fear of sinning. Right. Our our capability to sin yeah. and to mess up, but we don't want to be be restricted by that fear well it comes down to that godly fear of the lord doesn't it like the fear of the lord is that i don't want to offend him and that's a healthy good fear and that builds me up and brings life to me but when there's an ungodly fear it always pulls life away from me doesn't it it yeah. restricts me and it and it becomes something that that drives me so mm. that that deep those deeper fears that they have a massive impact on our life don't they yeah so this fear of getting it wrong can have a, a, a huge impact on how I live, lead my life. And well, and that's how you then can often see if there is a problem yeah. because you might not relate to fear of getting it wrong or fear of failure, but actually if you start to look at areas of your life, are there areas where you, you know, you're controlling things and con right. trying to, to keep things presented a certain way yep. so that you don't get, punished or disapproved yeah, of. Yeah, you just or... keep everything within certain boundaries yeah. that you know you can do. So you never have to step outside of that and risk 
making mistakes, yeah, control is a big issue. These are all good sort of signs that there's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, or the people who literally, well, uh, we're not sure that we're very good at it than other people, but, you know, are, are we good at saying sorry? Are we, you know, quick to, no comment. quick to say sorry? Or is it always a case of, well, it's your fault and this is why I behave that way because you did, you know? So, I, I mean, we can actually, sometimes it's just putting our hands up and we've got it wrong. Yeah, it's similar, I guess, to deflecting blame. Sometimes we, you know, it goes. I think it does go along with the not saying sorry thing because you don't want to own up that you made the mistake. Because the, the truth is, is we all get things wrong. I mean, yeah. this is this is life, isn't it? We are not going to do things perfectly. We no. are not going to, as much as it kills me, I am not going to be a perfect mom, <laughs> a perfect wife, a perfect me. I'm just, and, and I do think that's, that's hard for us to come to terms with sometimes. And sometimes I think perfection yeah. can be, can come from a fear yeah. of, of getting it wrong, a fear of failing, that we control life in such a way that we want things to be perfect. Um, when, I, when I think of the word perfectionism, it's funny because I'd always say you, you're a perfectionist. <laughs> well, I do have my certain areas where I'm a bit well, yeah but it is a good thing because you it makes you very artistic and uh you know good with design and everything but one of our biggest um fallouts is always over decorating isn't it because because you are mr I do like a straight effect and it's all got to be done where I'm like slap it on and yeah freestyle, <laughs> freestyle. <laughs> I just want the color on and you know if there's a bit of a wonky line I just think Oh, it adds character. But a wonky line. That would just, I mean, it's like when when stickers are put on crooked oh, on yeah, an envelope. Yeah. I mean, that's just like nails down a chalkboard, yeah. isn't it? So I'd always, I'd always think, right, Andy, you're a perfectionist and I'm not. I don't understand this word perfectionism at all and I'm freestyle and all the rest of it. But actually when I looked at my own life and I look, there's there's areas where I am driven in a completely different way to to this standard, this bar of I've got to do something perfectly or I've got so when we go swimming, I'm I'm terrible, aren't I? I've got to if I decide I'm gonna do however however many lengths, I have to do those <laughs> lengths. And you sit you do maybe three. Oh quite happily float. And then you're like, oh well, I didn't do it. I didn't get there. And I'm like, no, I have to do this. Yeah, I have yeah. to and it's this bar that I think sometimes that we set ourselves right. that anything under that bar is a failure. Anything, un and what is it we're afraid of? What, it's a funny thing, isn't it? But yeah. what are we actually, when we're trying to keep things perfect, when we're, you know, trying to have perfect kids, trying to have a perfect family, trying to be a perfect weight, trying to achieve, trying to do our jobs perfectly, whatever it is we're trying to do perfect. Why, what are we, what are we driven yeah. Why? Why are we afraid for that not to happen? Yeah. yeah, and that can be a self-imposed bar, can't it? Set by ourselves, this high bar of what we've got to achieve. Or it might even have been set by other people, might it? But it might be our family, our parents or whatever that said, unless you reach this standard, you're not it's not acceptable and it's not enough. The problem with that bar is while it's there, if we don't meet that bar or exceed that bar, then somehow we have the, this kind of internal dread of the consequence of that, what people will think, 
we might, if we're ridiculed for it, or we're put down for it, or we're disapproved of, or even just our own disapproval of ourselves, right? Because we've decided this is the standard I have to reach, and if I don't reach this standard, or oh, God's disapproval, fear of yeah. it doesn't even just have to be other people, does it? But no. God's fearing God's disapproval of yeah. us. I think that's one of the questions, really, isn't it? Does God prefer it that we try and fail? Or that we would never try at all. I mean, it's an obvious answer, really. But but we can we can restrict our lives, thinking, well, we're doing everything well and we're doing good, but we're not stepping out. Actually, if we aren't seeing failures in our lives, maybe maybe life's too controlled. It's too constricted. I think it's like children. You know, if you, Jesus said, be like little children, and kids just try, don't they? They just. Have a go. They don't think, yeah. you know, they want to do a roly-poly. They they don't worry, beat themselves up that they got it wrong. And they just have a go and they make a mess. You know, they're not expecting themselves to be the best painters in the world, but they just stick their hands in the paint. And, and as parents, we cheer them on whether yeah. they do the full roly-poly or not. You yeah, know, I exactly. remember ours when they were starting to eat on their own, you know, and it, I mean... Three quarters of the food did not enter their mouth. It was either all over their face, in their hair, on the floor. But they're just learning. I mean, I think that's the thing. We're, we are all learners, aren't we? We're learning to walk this journey with the Lord. And, and part of that is that there would be an expectation on us, actually, as God's people, to be developing and growing and trying. And even if we do fall and fail, that that's okay. You know, yeah. we can get back up again. We can say sorry if we need to. We can learn from our mistakes. We can, not all super triumphantly, but just because we're kids, we're God's kids. And, and he just wants us to keep to keep growing. And that's the kindness of God, isn't it? Like yeah. that's, you know, if we project onto God that he's cruel and distant and just looking with a measuring stick, like fail, success, fail, right. tick, tick or cross, you know, yeah. the, the sort of red pen mentality, you know. Um that sort of, do you remember when we were at school and you used to get see me on the, oh, with the red that, pen? That used yeah. to happen a lot to me. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> but it's like that and we project it onto God and we, you know, we're afraid because of the, the consequence. But actually God is, he is cheering us on. He's, he's kind to us. He loves us. He, he knows we're going to get it wrong and we're coming with our loaves and our fishes and we just come with what we've got. But we, we're having a go and that works out in everything. In parenting, in our work, you know, it doesn't mean just even Christian work, but, you know, working in a, an accounts or, I don't know, working as a nurse or wherever. If you give your life to the Lord and say, mm. this is it all to you, will you use it? And Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. And there are these three guys who have this these talents given to them and the first two kind of invest them well and use them well and they, they multiply and are grown. But the, the interesting thing is the third guy, because it says, he basically, when the master says, oh, what have you done with what I entrusted to you? He says, well, I was actually, to be honest, I was afraid of you. Mm. So, I, so I hid it and uh, here it is back. So you've not lost anything, but I've not done anything with it. And it's really interesting that because you know, we have all been entrusted, every single one of us, no exceptions. We've been entrusted with something 
that we are to develop and grow for the kingdom of God, right? And if our view of God is wrong, for example, or if our fear of failing is so great, our fear of getting it wrong is so great, we might well be tempted to just shove it in the ground. Mm. Think, well, I don't want to mess this up. But that isn't fruitfulness. That's not growing and developing. That's not that's not a right view of the Father even. Yeah. He'd want us to have a go, wouldn't he? He wants us to try. And he's cheering us on, you know, in that process. I think the truth is with all of this, there's a wide spectrum, isn't there, of 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 fear of getting it wrong or fear of failing. Because we can really messed up in our lives. We kind of, you know, all all of us have and yeah, with consequences on other people even, yeah, not just yeah. ourselves, yeah. Yeah, so there can be a wide spectrum. You know, there can be marriages that have failed, relationships that have failed, and and people can be struggling in that area, struggling to go into a new relationship, struggling to 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 dare to do that. Or, or it could be another end of the spectrum, and it could be something like contributing in house group and not using you, you know, using your voice, using choosing to read or when in the past maybe you've been really mocked for reading or praying for somebody when you did it you didn't do it right and they got upset or I don't know there's there's two different there's well it's a huge spectrum isn't it yeah and everyone's affected differently yeah that's right and I guess I guess I guess the key is how that outworks in our life do you know what I mean like how do we how does that impact our decisions so if you take the example of a a failed relationship which was potentially very painful, had big fallout for kids and other wider family, really tough to walk through. There might just be a decision in the heart of, I just never want to, I never want to feel any of that again. So I'll never, I'll never open my heart in the same way. I won't go into another relationship again. Or the flip side is I'll, in this new relationship I'm in, I'll just make sure it works. I mean, I will strive, I'll be perfect, I'll be everything they want me to be. So there are these, there's a diverging kind of approach. One is a kind of, I'm never going there again. Yeah. And the other is I'm going to strive to make sure it doesn't fail. I mean, the driving force is the same. It's the same fear, actually. I don't want to feel that sense of failure again or that sense of disapproval or punishment or ridicule consequences yeah yeah so that's a powerful driving force so it's worth asking the question in this thing lord is there something driving me yeah that's not healthy is there a fear behind it and if there is why is that fear there what is it that's really going on underneath and you might think the other end of the spectrum you might think well what does it matter what does it matter if i speak up or i do or i don't but if we are held back by fear that matters it does matter yeah. because we're we're and and fear builds on fear doesn't it like restriction builds on restriction and it might just be one we might think oh well it's just that I don't really like reading out loud I've got a bit of a stutter or you know I'm going to get it wrong and I just won't do it but before you know it there's lots of I just won't do that and it's and our lives are restricted and held back and and the truth is everyone's got a voice haven't they and everything everybody's got something that's worth listening to yeah. actually but it, it it's a bigger conversation really isn't it but it it's that spec who gets to be the judge of what value it, it sort of goes back to what we were talking about with self-worth but who why does somebody else get to be the judge even on some things it's a very clear fail or pass but sometimes we're putting ourselves under 
other people or the enemy's definition of failure or pass. Really, we want to be under God's. And I think that when we step out and we do something, trust in him, even if we get it wrong, I've got a very strong feeling. He's like, well, well done for trying. And that's the that's the judge we want to be under, isn't it? Yeah. What does God think of me doing this? What's he saying about me? What does has this has this changed who I am to him? And, it, and none of these things do. And that's the amazing thing about God is that he accepts us into his family as we are. And right. we are really, in essence, we are failures, aren't we? Yeah. We've we've failed with our first sin, we failed. Yeah, exactly. The whole point of the cross is that Jesus came to redeem a bunch of people that weren't able to make it on their own. I mean, yeah. that's the essence of it. And um, and so that that is the hope for us. We have this amazing rede- redemptive God who yeah. doesn't wipe us out when we make mistakes and is so long-suffering with us and patient with us and doesn't treat us in the way that we deserve even. And, uh, and and that is good news. You know, we're all, it, it's good for us to remember we're all on a level playing field here before God. I was mm. just even this morning, I was reading in Galatians how God doesn't have favourites. There's no group that he says, oh, well, you're the special ones and well, you're the not so special ones. We're all on this level field with him and he's not he's not finished with us. And there's plenty of examples in the scripture of God restoring those who who did mess up. I mean, King David, I mean, David, to be fair, is a bit of a legend of the Bible, isn't he, really? A man after God's own heart, but, you know, saw Goliath fall, he became king, anointed to be king, all this kind of stuff was going on. But he did royally mess up, I mean, with Bathsheba and then killing off Bathsheba's husband and lying about the whole thing. I mean, it was a real train wreck. And you could imagine that, well, well, God, surely he'll... He'll say, well, David, I gave you all this and you blew it, so I'm picking somebody else now. But he didn't, he restored him. Yeah. It's just, it's such a message of hope for us all, you know. And and Simon Peter in the New Testament, one of Jesus' disciples, who saw some amazing stuff walking around with Jesus and he walked on water and he saw Jairus' daughter raised from the dead, all this stuff. But then when it came down to it, he denied Jesus those three times. And I mean, he must have felt at that moment, I've utterly blown it. I mean, I've utterly, utterly blown it. And you could imagine Jesus. I mean, maybe maybe some of you listening would think, well, if I was Jesus, I probably would say, well, Peter, sorry, you had your chance, but you blew it, I'll pick somebody else. But Jesus just beautifully restores him. You can read about it in John 21. But I think that's it, isn't it? It's how God is looking. We can't look through God's eyes on ourselves, but in a sense, that's what the Bible shows us, is how God views us. Yeah. And and he views us and he must look at us and see, obviously he sees our deficiencies and our weaknesses and our failures. Of course he does. But he, he somehow chooses not to see that because of his cross, because of yeah. Jesus. We're, we're in Jesus' righteousness, aren't we? Yeah. And he sees us cl- clothed in that righteousness yeah. and adopted into his family and he looks on us. I think that's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what we failed at, how wherever the spectrum begins and ends. Who really it doesn't I was gonna say who cares. But but it's true because we we've all failed. And yeah. yet God, if we walk come into his family, he chooses to see us through the eyes of his son. I mean that is 
Yeah. That is amazing. It is. And and the other thing that goes with that, which is equally amazing, is that he doesn't expect us to do it on our own. Yeah. Oftentimes we feel like we, we've got to better ourselves. We've got to achieve all this stuff for him and be fruitful for him. But we But the Bible's clear in John 15 that apart from him, we can do nothing. And he doesn't intend for us to do it on our own. He doesn't think. Well, he knows that we can't do it on our own. He wants us to be a dependent child. It's such a relief, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I, and, and, it, and I th- the thing is, is that's not just if you're doing some big Christian ministry thing, you haven't got shit on you. It's every single part of my life. Yeah. You know, being a mom, being a, be, everything, every, everything for anyone who's listening, whatever their life looks like, they haven't, we haven't got to do it on our own. No. And we, we, can say it lord by your holy spirit work through me and make up for my deficiencies and all of it you know i think it's i but, think it's amazing but the challenge i guess the message of in some ways of this podcast is is the challenge of are there areas in my life where i am held back where where past failures or the fear of failure or the fear of ridicule or the fear of getting it wrong is stopping me it's or, or maybe it's not stopping me, but it's causing me to strive. I feel like I've got to achieve it. And if I don't, I'm a terrible person. And this is the moment to ask the Lord, Lord, are there areas like that in my life where I'm I'm trying to reach some target that isn't set by the Lord on me, actually? Yeah. And I think that condemn, self-condemnation can be one of the most powerful things in all of this is where we're just so condemning of ourselves. We're holding ourselves in unforgiveness jesus's cross stands there for us but we are holding ourselves to this punishment and condemnation and maybe there are people in our lives who are as well but mostly it's probably us i think it's one of the very practical steps that we could we could look at and just to be encouraging ourselves are we do we need to forgive ourselves we all we always talk about forgiving other people let's let's put ourselves on that list like What am I holding myself to account for, which actually Jesus isn't? Jesus is forgiven, it's dealt with, but actually I I need to forgive myself. Yeah. So I think that's one practical step. Yeah. What's another practical thing we need to do? I think we could ask the Lord to give us those opportunities to step out of our comfort zone, maybe. Maybe we have we are a bit too controlled, you know, we would like everything to be on our terms and we kind of have felt that nudge to do more and to share more and maybe to share the gospel with a friend at work or a neighbor or, and we just felt, Oh, what if I get it wrong? And what if they think I'm stupid or whatever? I don't know, but maybe there are those moments where we could just say, Lord, would you just give me those opportunities? Give me that nudge to, to have the boldness and the courage to step out, um, to do maybe things that are outside our comfort zone. Yeah. I think um, we've got to look carefully at words that we've spoken over ourselves. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely know we can, this has been big in my life as well that, you know, just to speak, I, I am this or I can't do that or yeah. I will never or, you know, you, they're powerful, powerful words and the enemy holds us to yeah. those words. Yeah. And it, again, if they're restricting us, they're holding us back. Um it's not right, is it? We've no. got to we've got to look at some of those things, or even what other people have spoken over us. Exactly, you yeah. will you will never, or you 
got to forgive them and release ourselves really from the power of those words. Yeah. One of the things that we encourage people to do on um, one of our courses is to take time to just think of writing a letter as if they were Jesus, writing a letter to Simon Peter after he denied him. And what would what would you imagine Jesus would say to him? And it, it can be quite helpful that because if we put ourselves in the picture, then we probably would find it quite difficult. But if you think about somebody else, it's easier to sort of connect to the heart of God for them. And we've seen some really profound things being written by people, actually. And you've got one there, haven't you, from... One of our undivided yeah. from last year, one of our young people, we encourage them to do the same thing. So maybe just take a moment, listen to this that um, one of the one of the undivided wrote, and it's called "A Letter from Jesus to Simon Peter." My dear friend, I know you thought you could do this. You thought you could stand by me, whatever came. But under the pressure, you buckled and fell, and now you think you've blown it. You feel too afraid to come near me, too ashamed to look me in the eye. Oh friend, look at my face. Do you see any anger here? Do you see any shock or rejection or disgust? No, my friend, my brother. If you really look, you'll see love. You'll see understanding. You'll see compassion and you'll see forgiveness. I know it's not what you want to see or what you think you deserve to see. I know it's easier to keep beating yourself up for the mistakes you've made but you do not understand yet. I knew that you would make mistakes. I knew that you would stumble and fall. I knew you couldn't do it in your own strength. Do you not remember what I told you in the garden? I urged you to pray so that you might not give in to temptation. Yes, it is only in calling out to the Father and asking for his help that you can do this. It's not in your own strength. Wonderfully made as you are, my brother, you cannot do this alone because you were not created to do this alone. So I'm not surprised that you fell. I'm not shocked that you weren't strong enough to resist temptation. Even I've been tempted, and it is only by the power of God inside me that I could triumph over that temptation and not give in to sin. Yes, my friend, choosing the Father's will over your own is hard. I, of all people, know that full well. But he doesn't ask you to do it alone. I didn't call you strong because you can accomplish lots in your own strength or because you can stand firm on your own without crumbling. I called you strong because I knew that when you are filled with the power of God, you will be a mighty worker for his kingdom. So my brother, you've not blown it. It's not too late. The plans and purposes the Father has for you will still be accomplished. Don't reject yourself for I'm not rejecting you. Don't write yourself off, for the Father has not given up on you. And the Spirit? Well, he will come and dwell in you, and he will not abandon you. So come now, my brother, the past is behind us. Let me show you what we've got next for you on this journey. It's going to be big, and you're going to need a whole lot of help, but my Father has chosen the right one for this task, and you're not doing this alone. I love you, my brother. Remember that, Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that you are a redeeming God, that you are a forgiving God, that you are the God of of new beginnings. So we pray, Lord, that whatever has gone before, that you would cleanse and forgive, Lord, and that you would give boldness and courage to step out into all that you have planned for us. May that fear, Lord, the fear of failure, the fear of getting it wrong, the fear of 
all the consequences of that, Lord. May that be banished from our life, Lord, in Jesus' name. May we know the freedom from that fear that would no longer control us, Lord, that we could have peace in our heart and, and start to step out with you. So we thank you, Lord. Would you bless each one listening and uh, really encourage them, Lord, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening, for joining with us, and we will be back again soon. Thanks for joining us for Let's Talk with Andy and Kath Taylor, a podcast from LL Ministries. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review or by contacting us at hello at ll.org or through Facebook. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we also have other excellent resources online at ll.org, which we hope you will enjoy. Thanks again for listening.